The world always has an original, whether it is in art or whether it is in every day. What happens if this is replicated and remade? Does it live up to the original? The Literary License Podcast explores the world of the original and remake as we explore and see if the remake truly stands up to the original. With your hosts Joe Randazzo, John Wilson, Vicki Ray, and Keith Chago, where they ask the question, does the remake live up to the original? Welcome to the Literature Lessons Podcast. In this Make Remake Week, we'll be covering two films, the original and the remake. And this time we're doing DOA from 1950 and DOA from 1988. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got Vicki Ray with us. Hello, Vicki. Hi, everybody. John Wilson. Hello, everybody. And David Cavallo. Hello, David. Hi, everyone. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, John. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? I've been ruling the world. No, uh, I have been um, just working my, butt off. <laughs> been working my butt off and uh, I've been getting into Diary of a CEO on YouTube, which is a really fascinating podcast. Diary of the CEO. Um, it's just, a, I, I mean, I've been into this like very like I love hearing people's experiences, life right. experiences and stuff, but it's about people who are, who are either actors. So the one that was on um, walking dead, Macy. So mm-hmm. Macy, Macy did a, a podcast with this um, Steven and oh. it just, she talked about her experience and growing up as an actress, but like her childhood. And like, so I've been kind of like diving into that um, and um, watching you on Netflix, which is it's been so far so f- fun, but you know uh, the season's not over yet, so I'm just kind of trying How to many pace myself. Are you in? I'm on episode six, so I, I started six today, and I was like, I have to. I got into something, so I was like, I need that show. You kind of need attention to watch it because you're like, what's going on? Because it's it's very uh, it moves fast. It moves fast, but it's like very like you want to you want to know you want to know his mind and how it works and how he is either being manipulated or how he's manipulating things. Um, so you kind of have to just, like pay attention to it, but um, yeah. And other than that, just, you know, living in JC. Yep. Oh. Well, about yourself, David, what are you even up to? Right. So it's mainly working crazy, crazy, crazy. It's constantly working, working, working. However, I've been carrying on watching The Good Place TV show on Netflix. I'm towards the end. This, again, super recommended. It's quite fun. Then I've been carrying on watching Charmed and Angel, the basically very, very old TV show. For, they, they, will, they will last for a long time because it, it takes long to go through all of them. And I've carried on also, well, I started actually doing a sort of anime marathon. So I'm watching a anime genre I don't know if anybody ever watch Magical Girls uh, anime. Um, I'm be obsessed. So I'm kind of like marathoning going towards We're the very, very old anime. Right I'll, I'll have to ask my friend because my friend is a huge anime fan. Um, I'm surprised I'm not because I like comic, but I don't, I don't like I've got never. Grandson just loves that anime stuff. Yeah. By the way, Good Place, one of my favorite shows. I can't wait to see. I can't wait Good to places. hear how you like the end of it because the end of it was very I'm surreal. I'm curious. It's getting it's really very good. philosophical. I love and, the and that's of, one like, of the shows that the writers wrote it exactly the way they wanted and the network wanted them to keep going and they said nope 
we we had this exactly the way we wanted it this is how we're doing it and there's nothing after that, and so. that's the way i like it as well i'm not a big fan when like oh let's just ask the fan what they want what no just this is your work this is your art keep it like that they like it they'll watch it they don't like it tough i'm sorry but that's that's you know that's personal ideas and stuff and then um after after watching this stuff so in the last three four days i've been feeling a little bit inspired so i started reorganizing my notes because i've been trying for many many years like writing a book and i've been trying to tidy up my notes and then i had to put something in the background while while writing and i decided to put like a random documentary of of netflix called unexplained mysteries oh i've been watching that that's pretty good i like it's yeah, so it's it's so it's ridiculous because it was in the background. Then I stopped writing and I started getting so much into it. So you got pulled into the mystery. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's oh my god, it's scary. There's this eerie and comfortable atmosphere. Like something is going to happen. Like there's a tension constantly. Maybe it's the music. Maybe the story of this like an explained stuff. And you you I get so much attracted by it. And then suddenly it's like you know during the evening. Everything is dark, and I look around the room. It's like, okay, there's going to be somebody here in the room jumping on me and killing me or something. You know, they have that sort of tension and darkness. Did you watch the one about the body in the bag that they found on the highway? No, I'm I'm on episode four, maybe five. I started recently. By the way, that series is a new version of the older Unsolved Mysteries, and so I remember as a kid watching unsolved mysteries and that song when it came on it gave me chills because it was was it's the same song it's the same modern version of that song but it used to be really creepy it it is generally scary the last thing the last episode of watch was the one about aliens uh, like this like ufo appearing because I had a period like many, many, many years ago when I was obsessed with alien and UFO researching and doing Area 51. Oh, that was a good one because that, that was the whole town, right? Because the whole town yeah, yeah, talks yeah, about yeah. that night and each person yeah. is like, oh, this is what happened near me. This is what happened near me. And it was like UFOs throughout the entire Kind of hard to dispute it when, when everybody's seen it. Yeah. I'm like, 40 people, well, like 40 I mean, people are like reporting it. It's crazy. I don't know. To me, it sounds like Fire Ireland in August that everyone's just anally probed. <laughs> <laughs> You're you like, do you see those lights? What are you taking? Can I have some? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we'll go out in the bush and get anally probed together. <laughs> Religious theories. <laughs> I, I was watching some old South Park and Cartman got freaking it got abducted by aliens and he got an anal probe and they wouldn't leave him alone <laughs> about the anal probe. I don't know why that ended up on TV the other night ago, but this is funny. I'll, oh, it was South an old Park, one. It wasn't uh, a new one. Yeah, it was back when, 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 Car- when Cartman had a satellite disc coming out of his ass. Yes, so. it kept popping <laughs> out of his ass. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that one before. I'm gonna have to start watching those again. Those <laughs> yeah, because I started I started watching I've started rewatching South Park because after the Harry and Megan episode. Oh god, yes. It. Oh my god, that was brilliant. <laughs> that was we just want our privacy. <laughs> we want our privacy. And what else have you been up to, David? Um, yeah, so the last two days I've been watching this stuff and I slowly like stepped away from writing and just got so much into the TV show. And then suddenly I have this memory of this like big, massive 
media thing that happened in North Italy many, many years ago. I think it was 2000 and something. There was this murder of a mother killing the son and it was based in big investigation lasting for months. And then there was a documentary TV show in, Ita- in Italy called Killa Vista, which means who saw him. And it was uh, like a documentary TV show with interviews and stuff of people people disappearing and they would interview the family and the people who know it. We do researches with the police and blah, blah, blah. So I started watching that too. I like <laughs> I got completely lost into it. I think was last night uh, but yeah that's it <laughs> that's it for me <laughs> what are we at vicky what are you been up to not a lot i've just been spring break and we were gonna have my grandson over but my daughter's got a very vicious case of covid she's just down oh. so he's finally going home today so fingers crossed but i i love my kids but i do not want that shit I get I just catch everything. Every time someone's got it, I'll get it. I don't care. So it's like I love everybody. I love you, but I know I, I literally wear a mask. I don't give a shit if people look at me crazy. I've been sick like four times this year. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm not COVID, but like just sick. And I'm like, nope. Oh Mm-mm. God. I know there's so many other nasty things out there to catch too. I mean, it's not just COVID. There's just all kinds of brain gas. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong wearing nothing wrong wearing a mask. I mean, in, in for example, in, in Japanese culture, they normally do it when when you're sick and you have the flu, you automatically eat. By social norm, you need to wear a mask. Yeah, it's you mean the they culture, do the right so. thing if they're going outside and not getting everyone sick? Yeah. <laughs> that mask, well, that mask is debatable. I don't. I mean, if, if it protects you, then you know, it makes you feel better. Then yeah. no, it just means you're not spreading. If if you're going yeah, outside, yeah. look, I when I get sick, I also lock myself. I'm not up wearing it alone in not, my showers. You know. What I'm trying to say. Oh no, no. <laughs> I'm saying like if you're at home, you're at home. But you get people who come to work or they go places and they're like. Or somebody's sick, lungs, just don't you know? go to work. I just, yeah. I mean, just don't go. I don't care what you got. Don't go. Yeah, but certain, certain companies don't pay you if you don't go to work. So it's kind of like, well, or or your manager makes you feel like you have to come to work. Well, there like are people that know. are like that. I'm sure we've all had bosses yeah. like that. I don't wear I don't wear a mask because it's my way of keeping the population down as I spread my <laughs> deathly germs to everyone around me. Well, we all overpopulated. So again, uh, Vicky, call the CDC when he comes back into yeah, the I'm country. <laughs> I'm going to call the CDC and Homeland Security <laughs> as soon as he gets in Texas. <laughs> oh, it's you. <laughs> you. Yeah, what else? Oh, well, if Joe was here, he'd appreciate it. I watched The Hills Run Red, one of those random movies. Weird, really gory. Joe, I guess, is familiar with the director and stuff. And he, I guess he does some of the Puppet Master movies i believe oh, okay I, li- I like the puppet master movies i think i believe i want to say that and what else the finished last of us we did that and me i took asher to see 65 it was actually pretty good it's not going to win oscars but it's really good for for monsters and whatnot and anxiety attacks and adam driver's really good in it he really is so it's not a big there's still like very there's only like really two people on the, in the whole thing you know it's not a very very big cast at all but i thought it was really well done and um, I watched this other thing the other day go, made me sad. I, I was watching Bella Lugosi, Fallen Vampire. Talk about Hollywood. She's spitting you out after they're done with you. You know, what a, what a sad story that was. I mean, all those old actors really kind of felt, all of them, like not just Bella Lugosi. Who else was it? Um, uh, Wolfman, Lon Chaney Jr., I want to say. He, they all had oh, yeah. such sad endings. They really did. It's really, I mean, just, just plan nine from outer space. If that don't tell you how bad off Lugosi was when he made that Edwin movie, just 
but I don't know. I would like to do a whole season of Ed Wood. I'm telling you, I, there's so much material, like, you know, Glenn or Glenda, the, all of that stuff. It's just all fun, good stuff. The, the porn years. The porn years, yeah. <laughs> we could do that, too. That'd be even more funny. But no, other than that, it's been a really quiet kind of stormy couple of days, but everything's good. Just got to catch up on that garden stuff and life is awesome. Mm -hmm. What about y'all? Um, I've been, well, I dropped Ferris off at the airport on Saturday. Um, went through an emotional re-justification, but back on track. And, I hate um, dropping out. You know what? I think I, I don't um, mind leaving as much as I hate being left behind. I think that makes me more sad. <laughs> like everybody was, <laughs> It was, well, let's just sit there and say my normal hard exterior was crumbled a bit but it's fine now so oh my god uh, you somebody, mean, see, you somebody, mean your heart actually started beating again is what i you're know to i was gonna say but you <laughs> it's can't. like it's like the episode of uh of uh, mm. will and grace we lynn jack leans into karen he's like there it is <laughs> and it's like it's like every and there yeah. it is <laughs> i know he's my not god. all warm and fuzzy with us but thank god he could be warm and fuzzy <laughs> with somebody gee many crickets yeah but um and other than that um we started uh watching alice in borderland so we're watching that on netflix oh is that any good moment. yeah I i'm liking it so and then um we started watching the screams because we now have to do this thing where we call date night, which is almost right. every night where we sit there and we got Zoom going and then we're watching a film together. So that's what we oh, do now. That's, <laughs> that's so, so lovely. That's Heck, me, you never do that. I feel I feel so left out. You never call me for Zoom meetings for movies. This <laughs> well, is where it gets insulting. I'm waiting for it. That's because you're always stoned on gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> They're not gummy bears. They're pot brownies. <laughs> They're not. Hey, I'm telling you what, this one said it takes four hours, you know, to kick in. It's like, oh, this ain't shit. So I eat another one. About two hours later, I'm fighting for my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just took a little bit of time to go down the intestinal tract. <laughs> yeah. But um, and then I finished watching Last of Us, which um, I really recommend everyone to see. Yeah, um, which really is excellent. excellent. I finished playing Atomic Heart on Xbox. Oh, how is that? By the way, it's very, very good. Excellent, very good. Um, it can be difficult, but it's very good. Um, the reason why I was playing it is because my agent got a contract because they're going to come out with Atomic Two in six years time and they're asking for someone to do some dialogue work on it so nice nice the, um, so i play that to get the feel for that and um what else have we been doing um oh and i'm looking forward to yellow jackets i think which starts next week how many seasons I, are out of yellow jackets so it's far? only one so this is the one. second season so i wouldn't um, have too long to catch up because it came out yeah. finally on one of my streaming channels. So. I saw a lot of press around that for this season. And I'm now I'm like curious to watch it because I know what it's about. But it's like I'm curious to watch because they're doing a lot of the parallel between the younger and older versions yeah. of them. Right. Yeah. I heard that but was the, excellent. Excellent. I but the first season, I, I mean, the first season with, I mean, Juliette Lewis and Christina Ritchie. I mean, it's Christina oh, Ritchie. Really? Is fucking fantastic. Yeah. She won, an award, she won an award for it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want an Emmy for it. 
And then, of course, um, and then I finished watching um, Welcome to the Chippendales on Disney Stars platform. Is that, oh, yeah. uh, is that, is that, uh, is that like a reality or is that? It is. That, oh, it, it's, a, it's a dramatization of the, what, about the Chippendales. What happened, how Chippendales, somebody else told me, there's so much stuff I want to watch. There's just so but much the, stuff. But I, the, the, I mean, it's got a great cast. Juliette Lewis is freaking fantastic in it. The oh. gay guy from The Last of Us, you know, one one of the couple guys that was in that, the like I episode. said, that that guy, the the older guy, or was it, it the it. other? Uh, a, that, friend the other guy. Was, a friend of mine. A friend of mine was actually in that, that series, by the way. <laughs> I said that before, but that was probably one of the best heartbreaking depictions of a gay male couple I have ever seen. Was in The Last of Us. I was yeah. on the floor. I was literally on the floor. That was sad as shit. But it was. So I said there well say. Done. I said there say there are two TV shows that depicted so well a homosexual relationship in the most unique ways, and that was The Last of Us, yeah. and um, the so, God's so humanizing too. I mean, and, which and, one? And American Gods as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! When he had the when he had the when he had the when he had the Muslim guy, uh, I I tried to watch American Gods, but it was on one of these networks, so I couldn't watch it. My friend was like, "Oh my God, you have to watch it." I was like, "If it It was on a network, I can watch it." Like, because I was trying to actually watch it. Um, No kitties in the house, but it's an Amazon. It's an Amazon Prime. um, Okay. Yeah, I think it is on Prime. But seriously, I I I like I was telling Keith about it. I've just never seen anybody write a write a gay couple, male or female, that Mm. that heart wrenching and that even if it's also your if you have an attitude about gay people, you need to watch that one episode because you won't have an attitude after you. Well, they also wrote them as human, right? They didn't write them specifically as gay people, right? And I think that's the story, you know. Yeah. Haphazardly, and then the apocalypse fell in love, stayed together twenty years. But I mean, it's just the way they did it. It was it was just very well done. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. They they throw all the stuff in there that you know that tropey crap, you know. it is just you'll you'd like it you would it's well i mean you know during an apocalyptic setting it's really hard to have two gay people dancing to i will survive in a gay bar isn't it they did what was was that movie with cuba gooding cuba gooding jr what was a boat boat trip yeah oh my god i love that movie i need that i've got to watch that again that is one of my favorite movies Mm. i don't know why i just thought of that but i love that movie Mm. So beyond that, that's pretty much all I've been up to. So everybody's and got I guess, this exciting lights now. We're so boring. Well, I guess that now brings us to our first feature, which is DOA, which is a 1950s film, which is American film noir directed by Rudolph Maté, starring Edmund O'Brien and Pamela Britton. It is considered a classic of the genre. A fatally poisoned man tries to find out who has poisoned him and why. It was the film debut of Beverly Garland as Beverly Campbell and Loretta Lutz. Leo C. Popkin produced DOA for a short-lived 
cardinal, cardinal Pictures, due to a filing error, the copyright to the film was not renewed on time, causing it to fall into public domain. It was subsequently remade as Colored Me Dead from 1969, remade in DOA in 1988, and Dead on Arrival in 2017. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of DOA from 1950, and we'll be right back. I want to report a murder. Where was this murder committed? San Francisco, last night. Who was murdered? I was. Is the blonde alone? Oh, sure, society. She always comes in alone. Can I buy you a drink? Sure thing. I left my uh, blast at the other end of the bar. This is mine. Mine was bourbon. Why don't you meet me later? It's kind of hard to describe the feeling. Maybe it was the drinks I had last night. I might have mixed them too much, huh? Our tests reveal the presence in your body of a luminous, toxic matter. You don't have very long. A day. Possibly a week. Oh, this is impossible. I don't believe it. I don't think you fully understand, Bigelow. You've been murdered. What do you know about a man named George Reynolds? I take so many pictures, I can't remember them all. Just who are you? What do you want? Never mind who I am. Where's Reynolds? Listen to me. This thing is going to explode wide open. If you've got nothing to hide, you better start talking. Just who are you trying to protect, Miss Foster? Why are you so afraid to tell the truth? Can't do that to Chester. I'm gonna blow your guts out. I don't know what you're talking about. You're in this right up to your pretty little neck. <laughs> For a man, I'd punch your dirty face in. Podcast, we're discussing DOA from 1950. So, John, what are your thoughts of DOA from 1950? Oh, Paula, that's all I can say is Paula, Paula, Paula. <laughs> uh, I I love that you know we dip in sometimes to these noir style films. Um, and to me, it it just makes me miss that sometimes. I think we I think the last time we got something similar to this, which as we covered before was like LA confidential, like that feeling of Noah. I miss that in films, the mystery of it. Um, I actually love that the stakes are high knowing that a person's going to die and you get that right at the start. And then it kind of takes you back to like what happens and you know, why, you know, this is happening. It is a little bit confusing because obviously terminology is very different at that oh, time <laughs> so i, I was like a wait blast. what i know <laughs> I was it's like to... i'm gonna order a blast next time i go to bar give me a blast <laughs> well and even like just the explanation of 
like why he was targeted and what the you know like all of that was like a little confusing like did you think so too because i had to go back and look through it because i couldn't figure out why they wanted to poison him yeah because it's like it's almost like owning a deed for something and then knowing like so knowing terminology but everything was also being thrown at you so fast by multiple people that you kind of just got a little no i'm actually glad i'm not the only one who thought it was a little bit confusing no because i had to go back and watch it in the middle part because I was no, trying I mean, to figure out about no, the no, deed, ba- about the boat that was signed. Yeah, the, basically what happened, basically the whole premise is, is that um, they're getting rid of anyone because the deed, that they need to sit there and get rid of the deed because with this right. deed being signed means that um, they thought there was a loss of money, but come to find out if, they, if the deed was found, all that money is going to transfer. So they had to kill anyone that was associated with that deed. So the money stays with the original people. But it also gets a little convoluted because there's the affair and there's like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. it was really confusing because I was like, wait, who are you and why? Like, and I'm like <laughs> yeah. what the hell is going on? Like, and it was, a, that was like, I think the hardest thing for me. I like, I liked that he came to his senses, you know, and, and was able to kind of profess his love to her. But it was like, Paula, move the fuck on. Like, move on, Paula. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like getting to a point where it's like, okay, I get you love him, but like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what is happening? You know? It, yeah, because I, yeah, he was kind of a player. I oh, mean, yeah, she was definitely. madly in love with him. And he was just like boldly in his face, or her face. I mean, she's madly in love with him. He's being kind of a, he kind of had it coming. He was a turd. Well, I mean, even in the first scene, like, you know, yeah. other, that woman sitting on his desk and she's like, oh, you're going to yeah. do my taxes, you know, and she's like, ah, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, so he's like, he's single. And then, then when she walks in and she's kind of like, it's like they're in a relationship. I'm like, wait, I'm so confused. Cause I would think as a woman, I'd be like, get the hell off of my man's desk. What do you do? You know, then I'm like, no shit, but it's also a different time. Right. So a different yeah. time. You couldn't do that now. You couldn't even do that. You know, in I can tell you 20 years ago, I could not slather across my boss's desk like that. It just wasn't happening. You can't do that. But I mean, especially with the other, I mean, I don't know, even was she a client basically? She was was a client. Yeah, she was a client. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. She was very familiar. And I guess she didn't know maybe that her, him and the other girl were seeing each other. I don't, I don't really know. I just think he was like, must've been a huge player because apparently even for her, like her little, you know, I know you're going on this trip and, you know, if you do something, you know, it's okay. And I'm yeah. like, what? like and it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, I don't know too many women that would tolerate that. It's like, bitch, don't come home. But you it's know? also like, again, a different time. Right. So like when he gets to the hotel yeah, and everyone's maybe. partying and, you know, the guys and the, you know, it's, it's a different you see what time. He left his, he left his door open on purpose. So the party was going on directly across yeah. the other room at the hotel. I mean, I was looking for trouble. That's what I, he was But thinking. I was also wondering if that them. was, I was wondering if that was an actual thing that happened in the forties. Like, I don't know. It, might, it, was, people, it was a convention. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you I, mean, know. I think you also need to remember this is a time where women weren't even able to vote yet and own property. True, true. So yeah. you're gonna, so you're gonna, so well, we you're, can uh, vote in the 20s. We got the right to vote in the 20s. This is after the 20s. Yeah, but you still couldn't own property or anything. Everything had to go through a man. You couldn't own a, you couldn't own a bank account, uh, a shared, only a shared yeah. bank account. Who was yeah. the uh, who was the woman uh, that was 
basically like sitting on his lap at the bar. <laughs> that was like the funniest thing that she's married. Right. She's like, ah, you know, you come with us. You got to come. And then, uh, and literally like the husband keeps looking. I'm thinking, are you going to tell your wife, get the hell off of somewhat? Like he, she was literally up on his lap. Like, you know, she was a handful. Oh yeah. For real. Probably for him. Um, you she's know, a that, uh, she's a bar fly. <laughs> but yeah. Do you know that scene where he's running down the street when he finds out he's been poisoned, I guess? They're calling it assault. I didn't know this, but they said the pedestrians were on the sidewalk. And I thought that was a really good shot. And then I was reading about it. And I guess they shot that scene and the pedestrians had no idea that uh, Edward O'Brien was going to be. Oh, so they had real reactions. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it was, I think, illegal, right? Because they're like, because clearly you have to get like permits and stuff. So they probably just on the fly were like, shoot this scene. Yeah. Yeah. No warning. They said no warning at all. And he just started plowing through people. And it did look pretty natural. I'm going, wow, that looks really good. And I looked it up. It's like, oh, they didn't know he was coming. Just see it now. Ready, shoot, run, Forrest, run. (laughs) (laughs) Cops are coming. Get back in the car. This one immediately went into public domain, I think, for whatever reason. They didn't have a copyright holder for it. No, they had a copyright. But when the what 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 they need to do. And this is the reason why I like It's a Wonderful Life and other films are tend to be in the public domain is every I think it's every 10 to 15 years, they have to renew the copyright. If you don't renew the copyright, then it goes to public oh, domain. Yeah. So, they, yeah. so they forgot to renew it. But this uh, um, this was a, this wasn't a Hollywood but, um, studio film. This was a, this is one of the first uh, independent films, actually. It was done by a really independent um, production company called Cardinal. Yeah. This is the first one and only film that they made, so. I guess they got the storyline um, from the German film, The Man in Search of His Murderer. That was a 1931 film. And that was directed by Robert S-I-O-M-A-K. Siodmak. I don't want to mutilate the language like he He mutilates everybody else's name. But now apparently that- Except my own. I don't massacre my own. Just everyone else's. Well, basically, he is dead on arrival, and he has to search for his murderer because he's dead. He's the walking dead, basically. Mm-hmm. He ain't getting out. And somebody, please tell me, is there such a thing as luminescent toxin? Oh yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think that would be a, an equivalent to maybe um, antifreeze. You think? Because if you, yes, because oh, I think if wow, you put antifreeze, yeah. if you put antifreeze in someone's thing, you dead. You dead. I like, never even thought of it, but yeah. they showed the. Remember, he showed it was like a glow stick. And, you know? and that's luminescent. So that is luminescent. So maybe they did. They had to have done some yeah. type of research to be like, you know. Well, there's also um, a toxin that's kind of luminescent as well, like in blowfish as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So apparently. I don't know if it's that bright colored. I don't know if it come out of like, you know, the reanimated series. But, I also um, thought like I wondered if this yeah. was also very it seems almost very Shakespearean in a way, because just the way the story is and the way it's told, it felt right, that way. Gee. So yeah. I mean, it's got that. Um, we did cover recently um the f- the film with Fred McMurray and um Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it, so it does have that very, very juxtaposition, you know, where the man comes in, he's dying or something's happened. This is the, you know, and he tells his story and then at the end he croaks. 
yeah. and that's a lot of film noirs. I mean, I think we had Scarlet, there's Scarlet Street, and they were really yeah. big at this time, sort of thing. I mean, I also um, think of Hitchcock when we did South by Southwest, like that, yeah. like was God, similar that, that way. Yeah, that is such a yeah. great movie. So, but yeah, I mean, these, um, but I mean, it has all the film noir characteristics that you would expect in a film noir. The brooding um, darkness, yeah, basically. Brooding darkness, um, Jezebel women, women that are up to no good. I know, my God, oh, these these noir films really make women look like slut buckets. Well, and the other, well, the I mean, I mean, it's important that you know we, you know, that films, you know, display a reality. Yeah. <laughs> He's so bad. I guess. It's so you're bad. Not, you're not gonna get get any, you know, VQ points again here today. Maybe. I I think one of the best characters to me was Clarence because he just was sociopathic. Like he just was like that. That when he's in the car with him and he's like. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you in the belly. And he like, he just is like creepy. Like, you know, ugh. the villain, I'm trying to remember what his name was, but you know who he reminded me of, he reminded me of the, the villain in who killed Roger rabbit or who framed Roger rabbit. Oh. For some reason with the overcoat and the hat. I go, is this <laughs> yeah. Roger rabbit? Oh, got yeah. the idea? I can see that. Okay. No, I think it's his eyes because he has these like crazy eyes. Like he and the just hat. Like... He's got the hat thing yeah. going on. <laughs> but, I don't know. I was I thought he did a great job playing that, you know, sociopathic, like, I'm going to hurt you. And I'm going to like it. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. And he just, was like, oh. I also, that's, I mean, what I found quite interesting is that none of the women really are, normally get like all these kind of classy women who are kind of, but these women all seem like street smart. They were dames. Oh, yeah. Ain't nothing but a dame. Ain't nothing so, but a dame. So like Fred thought, calls them Danes, dolls. No well, what I, But what I quite liked about, about the women in this, though, is that they felt more real than you normally get. They weren't as polished as you would normally get in this kind mm. of era film. Yeah, they weren't like backdrops. Like each one of them had a, a holding character, like um, Miss um, Foster, who was like the, the assistant to um, Holiday. And she, mm -hmm. even her character felt more real. And especially they had a couple scenes where he, remember he comes to her home and he's like, oh, you lied to me. And then, you know, it, it, she felt like an established character versus a dingy assistant, right? And she's just a backdrop Ooh. type of character, you know? But when you have I mean, that girl, the young girl at the bar, really, what was her purpose? Because she was just there for that one. She really didn't serve purpose, like say Meg Ryan in the second one. I think, I think that she that's... served the purpose of he was looking for something he couldn't have. And then, you know, mm -hmm. once he had someone that was kind of interested, but like, hey, it's up to you. Right. I think her her purpose was to show that he, the... he was a sec he was sexually attracted to women were sexually was this attracted like a to midlife him. crisis thing with him. You think? Or... I think it's just well, he's a guy. I think that's I mean what yeah. is establishing is that guy. yeah. And, yeah, and the thought of settling guy. down too, right? Like cause she wanted she made her intentions yeah. very clear. Yeah. Like, I want to settle down. Don't you want to settle down? And he's like, ah, I don't know. You know, he's kind of less, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that what her why purpose do want to buy the cow from getting the milk for free? <laughs> That's you know? true. I think her purpose was literally he was going to call her, and then Paula sent the flowers, and then she calls him, and it's it's a very sweet and you know 
surreal moment for him because then he's like, I'm going to make the choice to choose her. And he kind of like chose her then, not when he's like, I'm dying. He chose her right then in that moment, you know? Oh, this is I mean, one of the top 100 most heart pounding American movies. Yeah. I mean, I think another thing that we should look at is the director, Rudolph Matt. I mean, he directed Dante's Inferno, Stella Dallas. That's right. Uh, the that's right. Correspondent, Pride of the Yankees, Gilda. I mean, this yeah. guy has, I mean. Oh my God, Pride of the Yankees. I don't know any of that. My mom said when they seen that, when that came out, she said there wasn't a dry eye in the house because that really was extreme. That that was a great movie. I love that movie, Pride of the Yankees. I, I mean, that. this, I mean, he was a, he was a cinematographer before directing this. His films, so. his, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm not as versed in, in all the, the photography and the film and what speed and what millimeter or whatever. But I, I have noticed that it was really beautifully filmed. I mean, as yeah. far as, as far as the, you know, I, I don't know if it's like the silver or whatever. I don't know. There's just something so classy and so cool about the, black and white. The one thing is but, like ge geographically, it's a little BS because I lived in California and there's okay, no so way in BS. hell. It, there's no way in hell you're going from Los Angeles to San Francisco to Los Angeles back to San Francisco. Like he he made like five trips within that film. And I was I like, like, that is a long drive. How That's are you crazy. getting? No, he did fly. But I was just kind of like, this all happened in a day. No, there's a couple of days left for leaving. So yeah, I, honestly I was like back then there was that many flights going back and forth commuter wise like that, too. I mean, well, he seemed to also have a he was a man of money, let's say like he didn't he didn't mm. seem like he was worried about getting a rental car or, you know, like he seemed to have wealth. But I was still like, I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about this. Like he was just like that moment where he's like, Okay, now I'm gonna go back, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, they, like what? You like you're going what, back? What was he driving? What was that car? It's gonna drive me nuts. A Plymouth? It was it a Plymouth? I think it was. I'm gonna have to look that up. That gonna make me nuts now. It's a Studebaker um, Commander convertible. Yeah, Studebaker. it's a Studebaker. I don't think it's I've ever Studebaker. seen a I've mm. never seen one up close and personal myself, so. I mean, I quite like, I mean, considering that we have to spend the whole film with Edmund O'Brien, I quite, I thought it was quite, I mean, I've never seen him in anything. I don't know where, what he did after this or what he did before that, but I thought he was quite a, a good, solid male lead. Yeah, he grew on me because I think in the beginning, I thought he was a little bit of a pompous ass. But then towards the end, I I was, and it was kind of sad because at the end when he's there, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to. And then he just drops dead. And I was like, oh, well, nope, he, he was in <laughs> he was in the man who shot Liberty Valance seven days in May, White Heat and the Barefoot Contessa. So he was he, these were white. 64, 62, 54, White Heat oh, was after. 39. So he did after. Oh, yeah. and he's also. um. He's also in the Fantastic Voyage. Oh, I didn't see that. Nope, Ooh. did not see that. You saw the Fantastic Voyage. That's the one. No, I didn't see that he was in the Fantastic Voyage. He's got yeah, one of those faces. He looked familiar, but I had no idea he was in the other. Because he, well, know, he, he, he made a film in two thousand. Yeah, he came. He, he was in a film in two thousand eighteen. I don't know how he managed that, considering he died in nineteen eighty five. So, really. Well, that's what it says here. So, don't know how he managed Typo. that. But... Typo. Yeah, or maybe they, maybe he, there's a scene that he shot that they re and he used in a film or something. Who knows? 
Or maybe he came back from the dead just to come back and shoot this really bad movie. A zombie. That no one saw. A zombie. Just a piss a zombie. people like me off. Not a zombie, a walker. Oh, yeah. A walker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay some licensing fee. Be careful of your usage. <laughs> a mover. <laughs> a mover. <laughs> a decomposed mover. I guess what we should do is probably get to the rating of DOA and let's start off with you, John. How many stars would you give DOA? Um, I'm actually going to give it four. I really, really liked it. Um, I think, I think it's also, I, I just, the confusion part of it threw me. I think if I maybe watched it again, it would be easier to watch. I think I was just, I was trying to watch it going, Oh wait, I'm a little confused. And I'd have to rewind and be like, wait, what did they talk about? Or what are they talking about? So I was, I was a little bit confused by that, but otherwise I would have given it a five. I mean, it was really good. I liked, um, again, I always love noir. So any type of film that's like that, that has that mystery and detective and trying to figure things out. I love that. What about yourself, David? Um, I had to give it a three out of five. I'm just trying to keep it in the middle because there were good parts that I liked. For example, my favorite part was the movie, the scene at the bar when the players were playing the music. There was yeah. such intensity in the way they were playing. They were literally sweating. I, I love that scene. It was like, wow, okay, these are real lovers for music. And I also find sort of like a poetry and kind of like seeing the guy trying to find the truth as his last moment of his life, like trying to find out what happened, you know? But then at the same time, I can agree with John that the movie was a bit confusing for me and I'll be totally honest I think I fell asleep in the middle of the movie I so fell I had to go asleep back. twice I was telling oh, okay, you fall asleep one. in every yeah, film what I wasn't high about? this time I swear to god no but I kept trying to watch the end of it and I kept I okay kept okay I'm not the only one I, 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 I have to admit I did that I, I fell asleep during it as well <laughs> okay so think okay so this is okay so what we're okay, saying very, folks very is if you watch if you watch this film folks it's a good sleep aid yeah so it, it's just, I think it's because it was so complicated in certain parts and too fast that I just suddenly be like, okay, I'm too confused. I don't understand who they're talking about, what they're talking about, what happened, what perspective, I just like, uh. um, so it got me very, very confused. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, wasn't a super big fan, but I, I can appreciate it. It was a different time. Things were like spoken differently. Women subjugated to men, which I don't like. I don't do uh, subjugation well at all. <laughs> yeah, I you was like, uh, except, except when he was in the hotel and they were doing the party, and you could see that clearly that woman was married to the other to the other man, but she, she was, was hanging home. out with him. It felt yeah. like they were like swingers or something. I don't know. Yeah, they yeah. were swinging. They were doing. Fun. But also, I think around that time is like around the the hay time, right? Uh, because I think then it also kind of it alluded to this other reckless life of partying and tumultuous like mm. so it's it was a way of like painting what's the haze really... going to affect 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but it just reminded me of like Night Nurse. Whoa. I remember Night Nurse where it was like they had yes. party scenes and it was like, yes. it made yes. it seem like if you do this, look how bad it is. Like you can't, oh, you're going to, your wife's going to get taken like by another for man. Madness or, something. Or, or the guy that came up to the bar. So you're talking about the, the bar scene where he's playing yeah. the jazz music and the guy is just like, ah, ah, ah. Like it's oh, yes, meant yes, to yes, say, yes. it's meant to typical. say, look what happens when you listen to too much music. You're going to go yeah. crazy. You're going to go nuts. So that that was also an intentional thing because the audience yeah. sees it and says, oh, no, you have, to be, you have to be moral. You have to be more sound. Like you shouldn't lose control. Like you have to. So that was why they did some of that too. Intentionally. Yeah. 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 And then you yeah, also so have to look at, um, if you look at it from a standpoint as well, this is three to four years after people, after the men were coming home from war. Yeah. So, so you have these women with their independence and then you have them oh, going back true. to their marriages. Sociologically, yeah. things have changed. Who, who yeah. were the breadwinners too, right? So a lot of that independence and strength came from that. Yeah. And then they were told to go back to the home. So then that probably <laughs> creates a lot of problems as well. Maybe so. maybe probably that's why they depicted the characters as kind of being like, well, anytime we say Latin lover, like he's got the girl, but he wants the other girls as well. Yeah. And even for me, even though he was poisoned, I did not feel any sympathy for him. I really didn't I didn't like feel nothing for him either. <laughs> I didn't feel that. I, like, I, I think towards the end I did because I think they did a good job transforming him, if you will. Had yeah, he not, had, had he actually called that girl and slept with her, then I'd be like, die. <laughs> like, then I would have been like, but I think that moment was an important moment because, again, he he kind of chose her then. It, he didn't choose her until That's he true. chose her then. I, I, I disagree. I'm, I said this, highly disagree. The moment when the woman was there, it was like, oh, it takes so much for me to understand who he loves. Oh, that car called that bullshit. It's just like, sorry, because instead of you dying and suddenly you want the woman. Sorry, fuck you. You deserve to die yeah. then. I'm really sorry. That's You're bullshit. such a sensitive male. But I also, no, I like, just, I just, I really dislike that. No, it's I can like, also say a man and say, sorry, I'm a Latin lover. I love can I just say I love pussy? Then do it. Fair enough. Yeah. But then don't just bullshit. Just say just because you're dying. No, sorry, no. I'm not taking that. So but I really I think, dislike I the think car that the guy. It took a lot for Paula to do to get him to love him, and I I agree with you on that. Like that Paula poor woman. That poor woman was. That poor like, woman. Yes. Yes. Me, absolutely. Um. Or just let me know you're okay. I'm here for you. Like he was just like yeah, but you know yeah, I agree. She's all. She's a lot like a woman who's in love with a gay man. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never That's gonna true. Happen. I mean, if you look at it that way, <laughs> here for you. you're yeah, always yeah, spending time you. with him. Why uh, won't uh, you spend time with me? Well, uh... all all the unrequited love. <laughs> like, I really love you. I'm here for you, even though you're never. I'm never gonna be with you. Sorry, you're then. so good at picking out my outfits. I just don't understand why you don't love me. Me, <laughs> like that, but... you also use the same sex toys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, well, okay. uh, she'd be better off. She'd be better off dating a transvestite because at least she could double her wardrobe. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully, what about you, what about yourself, Vix? How many stars do you? I'm give gonna that? give it a four. I loved it. I mean, but the, I, the only reason I give it a four, or like three point five four, is because it did lose me a little bit. I was confused as to what was going on with the boat kind of thing and why the guy wanted to kill him. It kind of lost me here and there. But I mean, like I said, I've watched it a couple of 
times. Finally got to see the end. <laughs> Finally stayed awake and watched the end. <laughs> but uh, I don't know why I kept falling asleep to that damn movie. I just did not do the whole movie, just the end, the important part. But I mean, I was kind of impressed with how, you know, he's the cop could have been a little more whatever. He's dead on arrival. It's like, no shit. You know, when he dies in the police station. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, guess um... I'm going to give it a four, I guess. I mean, I mean, I think it's an important film, but I did I enjoy it? Um, not not as much as I thought it was going to, sort of thing. It, was, it didn't I, suck. I mean, it wasn't riveting completely. Oh, I'll put it this way: I'm not planning on buying a copy for my um, Blu-ray or DVD collection, yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of right. thing. And I'm glad I didn't buy, I was going to buy a used, uh, I was going to buy a Criterion used version, but I realized I can watch it on Amazon Prime for like a, a pound, it was a, um, for like a pound. Well, so it's on YouTube for free. Way. It's on YouTube for free as well. And Tubi. Oh, is it? Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I watched it and I watched it remastered and everything like that. So that way I didn't get any, you know, sometimes. It was beautifully filmed. I mean, it was pretty, it, it was garbled. a pretty film. Yeah. But yeah, I, I actually had, I had, no emotional connection with anyone in it. I think that's probably None. the reason why. Absolutely. That's da so, David. That's where it probably is because you were not vested in any of these characters. No. I didn't feel Either. sorry for anybody in this movie. Mm -hmm. Only one I felt no. sorry for was kind of Paula, but I was like, get over him. And then I started getting yeah, annoyed yes. by her. I was like, get uh, over him. Jesus. Exactly. You feel a little bit sorry at the beginning, but you're like, now you're being stupid. Just let him go. <laughs> I yeah, especially when she comes there and then she's like um go it's not safe and she's like but no and i'm like okay you deserve to die then because i'm like good god <laughs> like, like i mean i think i think what would have i think what wouldn't improve the film immensely is that if you start off with a man and he's like this he finds out he's going to die as he's trying out you know trying to figure out who killed him but there has to be, I just think that if you're going to be faced with death within 24 hours, I think at some point you would want to face your own mortality and what that means. Yeah. Right. And to and to be able, and that you would tr maybe try to right whatever wrongs that you had in your life. So therefore, if there is a heaven, you might have a chance. So, and I kind of wish that there was more of that retribution within the character himself. A little bit, I think he finally lot, figured so. out he probably wasn't living leading his best life or living his best life i think there was yeah, regret i did think he did a good job of directing you know the well, show regret as things going on but but the, but at the same time it's almost like his retribution comes to the simple fact of writing this wrong this crime that was wrong but in a way it's direct but it, that has nothing really to do with his life so i mean okay it's, it's causing the death of his life but it doesn't cause the um the the way that he's led his life sort of thing yeah, right yeah. and i think that i think that if it had more like a little bit more of that connection to it I was think he married before is that why i think they alluded to him having trust issues kind of sort of because he had a prior relationship before paula i want to say but... well i mean for god's sakes you can't you know yeah, the character yeah, like, he was 33 supposedly in the I film. also think that well, like when he, he, he looked about 50 but that's what I'm yeah. <laughs> I mean but that's by the way he looks like he was he was in finance so that makes a hundred percent you know it makes sense um I think with yeah. like if you all he also chose Paula I would think that the natural natural reaction would have been too if I'm dying do you want to spend the rest of your day trying to chase down your killer and try and hopefully find them and if you don't you just die or would you rather just be like, hey, I got one last person who loves me and I'm going to go spend it with them. That that was a little bit of a 
Like why, why wouldn't you, you, you literally have someone on a silver platter who is like there for you. You could have been like, fuck it all. I'm going home and say, Hey, I got poisoned. This is my last day with you. And I chose to spend it with you. How, how romantic is that? Not tell Paul, <clears throat> like, like he tells them, he's like, tell Paul and tell her what? Yeah, no, that's right. He didn't spit no. it out, did he? No, he's like, tell Paula, and like, die. And, like, come and, on. And I also found with Paula, I mean, she's kind of left of this should have, would have, could have situation now. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 that, and that's a, that's a, you know, he could have. That was an ass you know, beating, yeah. Well, he could have put a final stop on that sort of thing, you know, and so, so therefore. I hope he she, left all of his money to her. It's well, least- that was the other thing. I thought to myself, I'm like, oh my God, why wouldn't you? Like, you know, he said, hey, why don't you go and buy yourself that dress? Remember, he like tells her like, oh, buy oh, she your can't dress. Get the permanent. Yeah, it's like, get my, get your perm, get your, like, he tells her like, hey, why not, why would you automatically set up and say, I want all my funds rolled to her. And, you know, that would have been an endearing quality. And I think David would something. be like, oh, now I kind of like him now. <laughs> like, he's yeah. not an asshole. Yeah. yeah I think that's what I think endearing. that's. Well, I think I think the film misses a little bit of heart, and I think that's probably the reason why I probably didn't really enjoy it more. So, are you looking for a graphic design that will take you to the next level, or something that shows confidence within a growing market to help you stand out amongst the crowd? Amazing Designs gives consistent and on-brand designs. Whether you are looking for something conservative or you want to let your imagination soar, they bring professionalism to a high standard, and they are able to visualize your ideas and give them that extra edge. Working one-on-one with their designers will give you a design that will live up to your expectations and more. Affordable, expert designs for all occasions, whether it's logos, brochures, or whatever you can dream of. Amazing Designs is your to-go place for creativity and hands-on expertise. Try Amazing Designs today. Contact them via email at amazingdesigns505 at gmail.com. That's amazingdesigns505 at gmail.com. Or reach out by phone at Country Code 1-805-203-0427. We love them so much here at the Literary License Podcast that we use them ourselves. But I'd rather be different than be the same. Well, this brings us to our next film, which is DOA from 1988, which is a new noir mystery thriller film and a remake of the 1950 film we just discussed. While it shares the same premise, it has a different story and characters. The film was directed by Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel and scripted by Charles Edward Pogue. The writers of the original film, Russell Rose and Clarence Green, share story credit with Pogue. It stars Dennis Quaig, Meg Ryan, and Charlotte Rampling, and was filmed in Austin, Texas, and San Marcos, Texas. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer from DOA from 1988, and we'll be right back. Someone poisoned Professor Dexter Cornell. Even if there were an antidote, it's too late for it. The poison's already been absorbed into your system. Who was murdered? I was. He'll use his last 24 hours. Surprised to see me up and about? To find out who did it. People had this habit of dying around me. This heat makes a guy do all sorts of insane things. Why me? Careful, Cornell, you're upset. Why did you kill me? You're so wrong. Why did you murder me? And now his number one suspect. You had a plan. I wouldn't call it a plan. What would you call it? A 
crash. Is the one person who can help him. Let go! Maybe someone was looking for him. Maybe someone found him. Where are you going? To the police! I've already had the police. They think I killed my student. I think I murdered my wife. I was trying to kill you. So it's all come full circle right back to your front door. You're getting in deep, but just hold it! Stop this. I'm a murder victim and a suspect all in one day. Stop the car! I'm scared, I'm confused, and I have to go to the bathroom. Am I where I think I am? Freshman girls dorm. It's not enough. I'm wanted for murder. I'm gonna get hauled in as a pervert. No! I don't get off on this Rambo stuff! Dennis Quaid. You're just gonna have to forgive me because I've never been poisoned before. Meg Ryan. You just glued yourself to me. You dragged me out into the street half naked. You almost got me shot. Most girls wait a lifetime for a date like this. D.O.A. Hello, welcome back to the Literary License Podcast. We're discussing D.O.A. from 1988. And so, David, what are your thoughts of DOA from 1988? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I want to be diplomatic and try to say uh, something around... <laughs> and also something around... Well, I didn't really enjoy it as much. And I had a little bit of confusion in understanding the story uh, a little bit more than, than the previous one that we watched. I can also throw my words and shoot them in the end. That's what I'll do. I hated this movie. Really disliked it with all my heart. It didn't make any sense. The character was so horribly negative. There was no character development, no changes whatsoever. He was depicted as a hero at the end. There was this sort of like, oh, he's fighting, he's winning and whatever. And then he died. It, in my head, didn't make any sense whatsoever. Obviously, this is my perspective. Don't get me wrong. But he's, it felt like, he was depicted like a victorious character over the enemies. And, and, and even the story was like a tumble after the other. At least this is my perspective, a tumble after the other. One thing happening and another and another and another. Even when they finally, we finally understand who was actually the, the murderer, it just didn't make sense in the story. It was just, I did it. That's what it felt like in my head. And I think it was, if the previous one that we watched was eh, okay for me, this for me was... What in Italian we call Americanata, which means uh, one of those movies just made because you got money, just do it, if that makes sense. But that, again, this is my perspective. So I find it boring with no flavor. I really didn't like it. I'm sorry. I, I really found did. it painful. I don't. Oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Look, I didn't hate <laughs> it, but it was painful. Okay, okay, it, that's fine. But you know, there was, I guess Meg Ryan wasn't totally developed as an actress by then. She had just come off as the world turns, I guess, a few years prior to that. Well, no, she did. She did do Amityville three. I can't remember her in that. I cannot. Amityville three. (laughs) I don't remember her in that. Which, by the way, went straight to the DVD. (laughs) In 3D. VHS. I went to the uh, cinemas hour on that. I, I have to say it's be- I think they did a what they did with his character, Dennis Quaid's character, was made him the biggest asshole they could possibly. Exactly. Oh, yes. oh my yes. god. No, and the reason being is it makes sense because you know, if you're like if you're like an Agatha Christie fan, it's a mystery. You're trying to find right. out because everyone hates his ass and just like wants him dead. So like they make his <laughs> colleague you know who is up for the same type of of 
uh, award um, or whatever. Not award position but, in the in yeah. the in faculty. And his ex-wife, and like they make everyone just a suspect as much as they can. And how they do that is making him the biggest asshole. And well, they made Daniel sense. Stern and, look like the but bigger But they asshole. made him never <laughs> at any point in the film a redeemable quality that proves that he's not the biggest asshole. And it's like, okay, so you kind of deserve to die. Like, and then yes. I, I guessed who the killer was like immediately. I was like, that's oh, a friend. I didn't, totally I didn't a friend. know that was clue what was going oh. on. I was like, it's solely the friend. And I didn't know why. I didn't know, understand. And then the reasoning why, I was like, oh, and now you're a bigger look. asshole. <laughs> like, you're a bigger asshole. And, and I'm like, oh, and that, I agree. I didn't but, care for it either because I just think they spent too much time making a story about someone who has no redeeming. You think qualities. they overhyped killed. the story in the beginning yeah. and it was a no, total killed, killed by someone who has no redeemable quality. So no matter what happens, the people Nobody that die, in this film of, had redeemable qualities either, though, when yeah. you look at it. They no, but you have no assholes. as I'm saying, you have no sympathy for any of the characters when None. they die. So you're just kind of like, oh, okay, you know. Well, maybe for Cookie. I almost felt sorry for Cookie. Almost. Almost. <laughs> I would I wouldn't almost. go that far. Yeah. <laughs> And Brian James was he was the detective. He's always he doesn't get much of a role, but he's got. But that he always look. plays a starchy, you know. They only hire him for detective or whatever. Just have that look as yeah. the detective, I think. <laughs> and Meg Ryan, let's face it, my God, she was flaky as all fucking get out. Meg when, Ryan just played I, that role of someone was so enamored by him and wanted to be with him, right? And she played that role of the of the just transfixed on this person who like she and i think that's all they put her as is like someone that could be in cahoots with him to help him on his journey of trying to figure it out because no one else would be with him like no one else is like in their right mind you got what's uh, robin johnson she was not a screen queen i'm trying to remember the other films i've seen her in uh she played cookie for some reason she was kind of interesting you know, at least she had something. Oh, she uh, was in. Oh, she was in After Hours in, in Times Square. Okay, that explains that. But she's she's just got one of those faces that looks like Scream Queen to me for some reason. I kept getting her confused <laughs> with the girl on Night of the Comet. I, I mean, why. I I mean, I found this film. The thing is, I did see this movie when it came out um, back in the day. Um, I thought I enjoy. I, th- I think I. I th- think I think the reason why I enjoyed it at that time because there was a lot of interesting camera angles and the way that shot is quite interesting. Mm. It was this very busy around- filming. Well, this time around, I actually really, really hated it a lot. I just, <laughs> I couldn't find. I didn't like anybody in it. I mean, it was nope. Charlotte. Ra- I mean, every. But to be honest, everyone, everyone's acting acting very well in it. But yeah. Charlotte. Ra- I mean, Charlotte. Rap- well. Maybe it just well, doesn't translate Randley. into this decade better. I don't know. No. Well, no, I think you know what you know what I think it is is that first of all, the soundtrack is totally jarring. You know, you got this music that blares out of God knows where, and you're like, "Well, this doesn't even fit this movie whatsoever." No, <laughs> I agree with you. I was going to say, and yeah. even the opening scene, it goes from black and white to then color. It's yeah, like the weirdest. Yeah. Shit. 
I was yeah. like, what is happening? Am I having a stroke right now? What is going on? <laughs> like, it just literally, like, does this weird... Maybe they were trying to do the connection of the old version. This uh, is like, no, version, I think they were trying to do, like, look, know. it's a little bit noir, and we're going to set you here first, and then we're going to shift you over here. Yeah, to, but, like, okay, if, if they wanted the noir, a noir movie or a new noir or whatever... Why were there so many scenes of this heroic fighting, jumping, like proper, like hero oh, music that made him look like a hero? I, I just, I just hated it. I hated well, it. I had to there and say that I'd never seen Dennis Quaid look so ugly in a film before. Uh, he wasn't attractive yeah. in this film whatsoever. I always we thought he, was, he, he looked greasy <laughs> and and tired. Well, he was a drunk, wasn't he? No, yeah, not really. Like not but, really. I mean, because and. It, and women are like attracted to him for why you're wondering why there's not one redeeming quality about him. He's an asshole person who had like, who sold like one good book. Was he very talented? Wait, was he very talented? And he just wanted to just skim off his last book. And the guy was jealous because he has talent. He can't work at it. I, I think what happened was, is he put all of his energy into writing an amazing book. Right. And it cost him his marriage. His wife was probably like, oh, you know, okay, it, okay. it basically the pressure of it. Sorry, not it's like he created this one book. It was amazing. And then everyone's like, when's your next book? And the pressure of trying to write the next right. book yeah. and he never did it ruined his marriage because the wife was like, if you just kept writing and you were whatever, you know, it would have worked out and hit that pressure, I think, caved him in. But it was I again, I just don't think I think this movie was a buildup of downfall right because all it was was okay he gets poisoned then this then his wife dies and this person dies and then the daughter dies and then the the butler dies but and then the, the woman kills actually, herself but the it's like every person's the, dying but the catalyst is the script to the book that the boy the man was thrown over out the window and then then yeah, but that yes whole and family, no yes and no because there's two separate things going on but so the mother was, felt bad for him that well that was her son from an affair so it got oh, yeah. so cookie cookie and the guy that jumped off of the building her sister and brother correct but they were doing the yes. nasty correct or they wanted to correct I so that, that was did. the other they did so the so convolutedness to it is is okay there's a script part of the story right where the script is this brilliant kid who writes it right looks like right. he commits suicide he doesn't commit suicide clearly we know that the guy killed him for that script. Right. Now, the other part of it is this rich woman is now burying her 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 adoptive son, right? <laughs> because she adopts him, right? It's her adopted son. And then so the whole weird. cookie, the whole cookie thing is like her mother stopping her from being with him. And then you find out it's actually her brother. And it's like such a soap opera thing. I feel bad for her just because she named her cookie. Who the fuck does that to their kid? <laughs> And and so then you know Bring she, she dies and the butler dies. She she her she dies and the butler dies and then the mom kills herself because she's lost everyone right. Oh oh I'm sorry and I left out the husband. The husband she killed the husband because the husband found out about right. this illegitimate child and wanted Does to get rid of Does the mother live? No, the mother kills herself. That's, That's right. Insane. God, dang, the whole, everybody dies except Meg Ryan. There's not one person. I think Meg Ryan was the only one who made it out alive. Yeah, but <laughs> will you agree? Will, one. But will you agree with that all this mess has got nothing to do with the main story? It's just stuff added. Just yeah, but, by the way, the script it. at the end, at the end, when you're like, it's a script, you're like, then what the hell is any of this? Like, any yes, of this he, other. And it's stuff. like, why has it got to do with the main 
murder or this guy being poisoned. It's just nothing. It's like I was reading stories. a review of this movie, and it, they said it was a movie of loose ends. It wasn't loose ends. It just it drifted so off from the topic well, that it was like. And the funny, it, it's all it all hinges on this manuscript that the person in the beginning dies falls well off he gave him a pass and didn't even read but, the book though that's what is oh yes right? well that's the thing that the main character has never even read the book anyway no no that's <laughs> what i mean it, like i mean by the way he kills the everyone kid. else has read it but okay, so that this is the other part that made me laugh too it's like he tells him like oh this book and he threw it in the trash and then he's like oh it's a brilliant book why even say that to him <laughs> Take the damn script out of the trash when he's gone and go with on with your life. I, was I know, like, we didn't even read it. Kidding? No, but the guy could have taken the script in. I know, he, he could have. Him, and he's like, he well, no, now I got to read it. And he takes it out of the trash and I was like, oh my God. Like, He would have never noticed either. <laughs> he never would have right, noticed. Yeah. He would have never known someone took he that never, By the way, he never would have had to kill the kid. He never would have had to kill the wife. He ne- like, it, like, I can't, yeah. Did they say I mean, what kind of poison they gave Dennis Quaid in this one? It was a yeah, luminescent yeah, poison. Yeah, it was in lumen. It was um, I think they gave him the stuff that um Herbert West gives um the dead bodies in Reanimator. Same I say that. <laughs> the same <laughs> oh, it's green. The, the yeah. Ne- yeah, the resident <laughs> neon. It's like, oh god, we're watching Reanimator. It's not as good. So, but do, uh, do you remember then then the scene they told him in this movie they told him that it was only 48 hours? And the previous movie they told him it was up to two weeks. Yeah, and yes, I did. I Why the difference? Well, no, no, they, what they said in the first movie was that it could be anywhere could be between to, two yeah. weeks or 24 hours, meaning they don't know. Like, they just don't know. Well, in this one, they were very precise, 48 hours and you'll die. Yeah. To be honest, I wish they only gave him two hours and die, let him die. I mean, the movie lasted less than two hours. <laughs> they, it was, <laughs> so. What it would have been brilliant is, it's like, let's, um, we're going to call you back in 24 hours <laughs> to give you your results. <laughs> To be honest, that's that's what would have happened. That's what would have happened if you went to the hospital. That would have been amazing. Like, oh, by the way, you're going to die in three, two, one. Yeah. I think I think the only the only scene I really well not like but I appreciate is that whole scene when they show the whole analysis of the laboratory and even the collection yeah. of the book. Oh my god, I couldn't I couldn't watch that scene because I'm I'm hemophobic. And they put the needle inside oh, the, the needle in the arm. Yeah, it was very detailed. That's the only the scene needle. I've actually liked in the movie. Which part was that? When, they're, when, when they did a blood test, when, test, of course. Yeah, when they did yeah. blood test oh, to find oh, out. Oh, okay, okay. He's like, oh, yeah. this is this is more than a hangover. And then he goes, I... and then he goes to the college hospital. He doesn't go to the oh, yeah. regular yeah. hospital. He goes to that college hospital. Oh, yeah, college hospital. But in this one, literally a student drawing his blood. <laughs> but in this one, he he, he and they have and they have all and they have all and they know all the medical marvels of what can be wrong. The, the other thing that's very interesting about this film as well is you don't get to see him die, which you want to see him die, and you don't get to see that he walks out the door and that's it. Like you don't get Isn't to see it, him drop yeah, dead. Well, well, he I mean, accepts his fate is basically what it is. No, well, I want to see him die. I, so I, did I, I at this point, John. Uh, <laughs> I'm just surprised he didn't swan dive the re- like the rest That's of them. What How many I people swan dive in this movie? Yeah. That's swan what I was for. I, I again, it's like they uh, you um, so as we were saying, the women in the previous film were very useful characters. Meg Ryan's character, you could have elevated and used that character as a hinge point to maybe the damsel in distress who needs help, and he saves her life for his life. Like right, 
Like yeah, I just I thought about like, was, what was her part was in this scheme though? Was did I miss something? Did she have a part in no. this scheme? No, at the no. bar, no. she was just a student who was in love with him and had a crush yeah. on him, and that's that's all she was. So she had nothing and, to do with what was going on in the bar. With the no. Inter- well, interestingly enough, the, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan mate on this film, and they marry right after this film and have baby Huey. I know. So was and, it the super glue and, and, that and, actually bonded them forever? I know. Well, it didn't bond them forever. It bonded them until Russell Crowe came in and got into her knickers. And then that was that it. That was three years <laughs> later. So Russell Crowe was not in her knickers. He hates Russell Crowe. I don't know why he picked because Russell Crowe. No, he, yeah, but no, me, no, no, I'm saying I don't, I, I don't like Russell Crowe as an actor. But no, what I'm saying is Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid met on this film, married right. right after this film, were yeah. married until Meg Ryan met Russell Crowe, and that was it. Yeah, and I think, like said, I think that changed that. her career too. I think that messed her up bad. No, her. I think her face surgery tanked her career. You think? I uh, well, I also yeah. think that you have to have a really good agent and people continuing to further your career uh, and i just don't think it probably didn't didn't. it didn't probably help that she had to you know that shows her actually giving fellatio in a movie as well that kind of which movie was that i don't remember that that was one of her last films um actually i gotta look up for some of her films i don't even remember what her films were well i mean she, she she's one of those actresses that works quite well in um you know, like romantic comedies, like, like yeah, love. Mayo, Sleepless yeah. in Seattle, Sleepless in Seattle, When Harry Met Sally, yeah, Sally, yeah, and that's where she kind of benefited the most. Oh, that's right, Sleepless in Seattle. She got a lot of. Well, if you also you notice, know, like exactly most most that. actresses have to evolve with age, right? What are your roles, right? So, you know, I, I again, I just think that if you have a good, you know, agent who is casting, getting you cast for certain roles, it's going to help you. It's not going to hurt you, you know. <clears throat> but yeah, right. I, I was in Top Gun too. That's right. I agree with you. I did, it, this movie is just painful. <laughs> I was watching it. Going, I don't know why. It was God, painful. I, to I honestly don't know why. But I was telling Keith, like, "Oh God, man, I can't get that hour and forty minutes." <laughs> you know what? It's just no it's idea. again the bleakness of it. Like I'm like, did anyone survive this film? I'm like, literally. Oh wait, Meg Ryan did. <laughs> like everyone else died. Like the entire <laughs> cast died. That's sort of like in Scarface. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer's the only one that walks away. You know. Oh, and the other other amazing scene is when the asshole breaks into the person's home when he's having dinner with his family and starts proceeding to beat the shit out of him in front of his. <laughs> oh <family>. yes. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? What the hell? Like unhinged. <laughs> unhinged uh well that whole family dynamic was so fucked up and so far but i guess it had something to do with i I just that was just so random having all that family dynamic go on at the same time this guy you know the home alone guy wants the script or the book and you know it would have been so much easier like you said well again i think they're trying they were trying to make everyone a suspect right so you have Right. You have even the mother who is this looming weird character who is like, is she, is yeah. she maybe the one who could have poisoned him? Right. Because they kind of set it up that each one of them has given him something to drink. That's why he actually comes back to Meg Ryan's character. Cause it's like, what did you give me? Like you drugged me or whatever. And so then it's not her. And now he has to go over here. And then his, he goes to his wife and his wife had eggnog. Did someone put some, did she poison him? Because he, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe didn't want to get divorced and she wanted to kill him, you know, so they just tried to make everyone a suspect. Well, I mean, that's a problem anyway, because you can't poison someone's eggnog anyway. It doesn't work. 
What do you mean? You tried? The reason, yeah, I tried it. <laughs> <What are> you... <laughs> I mean, David's still here. <laughs> he came over he came <laughs> Christmas and New Year. He's still here. Now, um, no, the reason why you can't is because eggnog is a dairy or a milk-based drink. And when you and when you and if someone gets poisoned, you use dairy to counter to counter attack. Everything, everything makes sense. My mom used to tell me and my brothers when we were children when you had like a food poisoning, drink milk, drink milk. Uh, now makes make, counter, everything makes oh. sense. It counter, does it make it you? Does it make you barf, or is that why? Like, sure. like I've never heard of this. I never well, that. Po- po- poisons work by the simple fact that it mixes with your acids and makes your acids stronger. So that way, your acid starts it starts eating through your stomach linings and things like that. Ooh. Or the milk coats it, and uh, milk um, basically it's like a it's like a it's like a car battery sort of thing. So it uh, settles the turns well, the negatives, the positives, and positive negatives. Poison or a toxin that lasts takes that long to kill. Wouldn't cyanide be quicker, more clean, more effective than give the guy two to three days to figure out who poisoned him? Yeah. You know, just kill him right, right off. You know, just give him I, I mean, I think he, I think his, I think his friend alluded to the fact that he thought it would kill him quicker. I don't think he thought it would. Like, I, think I mean, he thought it would actually kill him. And this, this, I mean, and this is kind of weird about Dennis Stern's. Um, career anyway he's always played that i mean even not even in playing in a villain in this piece he always plays someone's a bit dopey doesn't he yeah yeah home alone yeah home alone i'm or trying to city think of anything yeah, city slickers a dork in this city slickers he's a dork home yeah. alone he's a dork I, but i was also too like a man so a manuscript makes you kill multiple people like i i'm like <laughs> I, I that was that was good. the other thing is like I'm just a little confused by that. Like you're either just crazy and a sociopath that you like and you liked doing that, not like I just don't have a uh, you know, I just that was not plausibly believable to me. Like, well, I really wanted that, you know, that manuscript and I would be willing to kill everyone for it, you know, like my no. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess Stern is- had time to read the book, apparently, right? Well, I, I don't know how he had. I don't know how he had time to read the book, considering the guy just handed in his manuscript before he swan dives off. Goes. So how you know, does he we, know it, that manuscript is a well, great? Well, no. Were, apparently, there, apparently there were two. The script. There's two. Okay. There's two scripts because he gave one to him and he gave one to the. Uh, so both of them. So gotcha. the script that Dennis Quaid's character had you notice it got burned. So he burned it at his wife's place. He threw it in the fire. Okay, He's like, because right. I only wanted the one script. So that way it just protected me. So then that way, yeah, you know, no one knew about that, that script. And it's better. I mean, it got, thank God this film's before the computer age anyway. So God knows what, how many people would have died once it went out into the web. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think is, is it's one of, I think the reason why I thought the film was okay when I saw it, and I haven't seen it since 1988 when it appeared, and I think it probably might have to be, it's because at that, at 1988, when we got the filming and stuff like this, filming started taking it, Hollywood started filming things uniquely. And we would get more of that, like in the Adams family and stuff like this, with these clever camera angles and cuts and everything like this. Right. But I guess now reviewing it in, today, in today's and looking at this kind of stuff, I mean, it's quite, 
I, I it wouldn't wow me today the way this was filmed. I think it wowed me at the time, but not now because there's so many films that have done everything better. Say, some movies just don't do well in another decade like they did in that you know like the 1980s. I'm sure people loved it back in 1988. Well, sure. another thing is where Meg Ryan was cute in the 90s. She's kind of not that cute here. She wasn't, yeah. was she? She well, but she wasn't as the world turned. She was just adorable and as the world turned. I, I think here she just looked older. She didn't look like a college student. She looked like she she just looked like an older college student. She didn't look like a yeah. 19 or 18. She didn't look like a freshman. Student. Yeah, that's what I mean. She was like, I'm a freshman. I'm like, really? I think you're more looking more like a senior. Senior, than maybe yeah. postgraduate mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. kind of thing going on. Yeah. It was her hair, though. I don't know who did her freaking hair in this movie, but they did not know how to do hair. <laughs> that was a horrible hair. All of their hair is fucking horrible in this I movie. I don't disagree. Where was, I mean, I have to sit there and say the most interesting character is Charlotte Rampling's character, who is the mother of the mother. She was the, the most interesting character, probably she the was, best yeah. actor in the whole film. But, but but you could give her a mother goose rhyme to read, and you're, you're, you're captivated by her. She's just one of those kind of actresses, yeah. and I would I I just think that maybe it could you know I I. I I know. I, it's almost like they didn't have enough to keep Dennis Quaid's character interesting, so they put maybe, in this whole their subplot. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that. And then at the same time, it's like Dennis Quaid's not even really a part of anything, really. So why is he being poisoned, really? You know, like you're saying, the manuscript. Well, he burns the manuscript anyway. He was going to burn the manuscript, and you know, as far as we knew, he wasn't even going to fucking read the manuscript. I mean, we had the first 10 minutes about how he wasn't going to read this manuscript. And because the guy's dead, he's going to give him an A anyway, because he's dead. So he's never going to read it, he says. No way is he ever going to read this manuscript. And then the whole movie centers on the simple fact that the guy poisons him to get a copy of this manuscript that the main character who he's poisoned is never going to fucking read anyway. Yeah. So you're kind of like, Okay. Well, that that's what I mean. It's like they have that conversation really early in the film where he's like, oh, did you read it? And he's like, nah. And he literally yeah, throws what? it in the trash. And I'm like, you're throwing it in the trash and don't say shit to him. Like, yeah, it's probably garbage. You know what? I just, I was like, it's probably reading. garbage. Let him leave and then come in and be like, like take yeah, that. I guess, or- I guess, did you, you, have you guys watched Crank, that movie with, oh God, what was his name? He's in a lot of uh, Jason, Jason oh, okay. Jesus yeah, Dragon. they said this is this is a similar this is a take on DOA Crank was. I didn't know that till just now. Yeah, but, Crank, but Crank is great. Crank is fun. Crank this is just a, I love Crank. I'll watch that every yeah. time it comes on. It's just I, I think it's an yeah. excellent movie. But uh um, I have a I like Jason Stratham films. So do I. So do I. He's weird kind of looking. I liked him even in Meg. Everybody hated the Meg, but I liked the Meg. A lot yeah. of people hated it. But I mean, um, I think but I, I don't know. I just think that they're I, I don't know what they were trying to do, but whatever they were trying to do, it didn't work. I think they were trying to I think they were trying to make it too intelligent or whatever. But can we just say that when we I think we were analyzing, mm. can we just say in the myth that maybe it was just badly written? I don't know the if it was, was badly, just badly written, written because they had an original script to go off. Maybe it's just the adaptation. You, you know, I mean something I don't know. The um, 1980s no, I, I think I think it, I I think it was convoluted. I think the whole thing was convoluted. It's almost like, it's almost like they made it into a mini series. It's like, okay, we're gonna turn this into eight episodes, so therefore we're gonna write this great big magnum yeah. opus sort of thing. <laughs> oh no, we can only give you ninety 
30, 93 minutes. Well, we need to keep everything in it then. And I don't know. I, just, oh, I don't yeah, know maybe. what they were trying to it do. It wasn't but... long. It wasn't long. Well, it, it felt long. It, it did feel long. long. It felt very it long. Um, there was a long. There was a movie that I can't remember, but it was a, mem- a movie about a man who has like memories of his wife dying and then it's it's a mystery and i was like that movie was what i was hoping this would be where it was like a mystery of how and who would have done this and like every time it was going further into the movie i was like uh i don't know why anyone would kill him but he's a big of an asshole enough for anyone to kill him and then when (laughs) like i said you get the solution at the end you're like what <laughs> like that's why what you know what and- you know what they should you know what they should have done is made him the wife of uh, make him the husband of charlotte rampling who gets poisoned oh, and has un- an assault oh no it just means that he that, would no that would have been brilliant poisoned him yeah you have to unwrap the who poisoned him but it all has to do with the the, the mother and the 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 mother you know, keeping the bas- a secret that about the bastard that would have been amazing that would have been married to the mother like me, me the character. If Dennis, if Dennis Quaid's character was married to Charlotte Rampling's character, right. and right. someone poisons him, and he has to figure out what's poisoning, and then it comes unraveled that his wife is the mother oh, of yeah. this person yeah. of this boy who's sleeping with his daughter. Yeah, and it would just, and then as the family Who happens to be that, her son, her son, yeah, another right. relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and, that and might that, have, that really might have been different. They, they all, mean they and, could have and, also and, had and a little... and all be and all because he decided to change his will or something stupid. Yeah, but that would have uh, made it uh, more interesting. I can see yeah. that. Well, it would have kept everything a bit more together, and then you would have been able to deal with like family situations and family secrets and the darkness, and I mean, yeah. and get it out of the city and move it into like some a southern gothic town and do you know what i, I mean, mean it just would have yeah. made it more interesting you could have also made the chauffeur character be the one that's like the butler did it like the chauffeur is the one who actually maybe poisoned him because he is in love with his wife right like you could have you could have just made it a much yeah. better richer film had you removed it, you just, know, and put it, it, it seemed that. like they were in a hurry to crank this out for some reason i mean it just seemed rushed i don't know well, I have a problem too with like if you're going to do a mystery, follow an Agatha Christie for fuck's sake. Yeah, like literally exactly. follow it. If you're gonna if you're gonna build a mystery, follow an expert exactly. and play it out and let's see where it goes. And you know, oh my God, Clue was better than this when it comes down to the mystery. <laughs> Clue, Clue, I love Clue. Actually, love Clue. and um, what's the other one we did, uh, Keith? Oh, Agatha Christie. We did no, Clue. We did a we did a Clue version of Clue. What was it? Um, uh, Ma- uh, Murder by Death. Yes. Oh Murder my God. Hysterical. That movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. I love Murder. I love both of those films. They're actually both quite good. probably should just write this because i don't think we can trash it anymore so, sorry. <laughs> we, we, we have been roasting this movie every character yeah. every negative <laughs> negative oh let's just say we'll, we'll all give it a three i think it. actually this is the first time we all were just like 
fuck it. Yeah, yeah we were just all like, nope, uh-uh, nope and out, nope and the F out. Oh, I know, I was telling my husband, I go, oh my God, I go, I'm probably going to be the only one that's going to trash this movie. I go, but I found it extremely painful to watch. Yeah. I go, I just don't know why. Usually I find something good about any mm. film. I always mm. find something good. But, you know, mm. it's just, this, this one now, this, this one now. So I guess we'll start with you, David. How many stars do you give this out of five? Uh, what's the minimum I can give? Is it one or zero? You can oh, give it a zero. Be nice a little bit. Uh, yeah. If I if I could, I'd give it a zero. I really hated the story of the character. <laughs> oh, if you want, if you, if you want to give really, it, a, really if you want to give it a zero, give it a zero. I'll give it a zero. I'm really sorry. I generally, I, as as uh, you said, Vicky, I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna hate this movie. I'm gonna have sure. to be very diplomatic and explain it. it simply because I know that you guys, you more um, technical knowledge and more the history of cinema. So I thought maybe seeing something, it's like oh, I just don't like it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna focus on the fact that I hated the psychology of the character. I hate the story development. He is so freaking honest it's not even funny so he really means no, everything he's saying people just so you know he's got a <laughs> I try, total I try, I try, disgust I on his face right now. <laughs> no but generally when i rate a movie i rate the psychology of the characters because i like looking at that or like the story i don't have much technical knowledge in cinema unfortunately so i'll that will rate that the side man knows what he likes cinema. people Yes, and a round of applause to David. He's the first person on our show who's ever given anything a zero. Yay. <laughs> oh my God, no, no, no. For the love of God, maybe, maybe I should give it like a 0. 0.5. <laughs> no, what about yourself, zero. John? What, what, how about yourself, John? How many do you give it? Uh, I'm going to get a 0. 0.5 because oh. it did give me a brief, a brief, a brief moment of remembering what the 80s used to be and where it was so carefree that college moment where they're all sitting and just enjoying life and not on their phones and just like that that is the point five everything else trash can <laughs> with with the manuscript being burned <laughs> what do you give it i'm gonna give it at least a 2.5 because joe's not here to defend this one little factoid <laughs> And that's because we had baby Huey out of it from the boys. So we got we to gotta give it something because something good did happen out of this movie. So we got, we've got the boys. We've got one of our main characters from the boys because of this union, because this movie happened. <laughs> I'm going to give it a one because the mother and Malcolm in the middle finally gets to have some sex. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to give it that. But yeah, I can't. I'm I'm finding it really hard to find anything redeeming about this movie. I don't and know why it's so bad. We've never my been God. We've I just never thought about something. Wasn't, about a movie wasn't so his awesome. wife banging the student too? Yes. Oh, that's was, right. Yeah. I forgot. I yeah. completely oh, forgot that's about right. that. Yes, his wife was porking him. That's yeah. right. Everybody was fucking this guy. No wonder he must have been really uh, talented. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. But she was lonely. He kept leaving her alone. That's what happened. Well, he was young. Yes, he was virile. It was yeah, young. He was, there. he was there. He was dandy. <laughs> he was virile. Well, yeah, like, virile. We also learned that incest is a game the whole family can play. How lovely. That's right. <laughs> 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 Thank you.
Well, this brings us to the end of the Let Your License podcast. Our next make remake is the film, which I'm now looking up now because I am not. It is Salem's Lot from 1979 and Salem's Lot from 2004. That was sick. And also remember to let you know that next week our um, M&M, which is Monsters and Madmen, Mad Men, will be dealing with The Invisible Man from 1932 and Abbott and Costello meet The Invisible Man from 1955. This could quite possibly be a painful event too. <laughs> <laughs> and of course our next book to screen will be Fry Green Tomatoes by Fran, um, Fanny Flagg and the film of the same name. And of course, we will be continuing Doctor Who, where the Doctor Who episodes will be concerning the Aztecs, and that was filmed in 1964. And Batman, the animated series, will be back next month with four um, episodes, which will be the Eternal Youth with Poison Ivy, Perchance of a Dream, The Cape and the Cow Conspiracy, and The Laughing Fish. So, what I want to do is say good night for myself. Good night, John. Good night, folks. Good night, David. Have a long good night. Good night, Vix. Good night, everybody. Take care. That's good night for myself. We'll see you next week for the event.